And greetings, everybody, and welcome to the Commentary Podcast for Dixie Stenberg, Episode 39, The Return of Brassy Battalion. I am your host, Seth Adamsher, and with me, as always, is the wonderful assistant director, Jim Hamilton. Say hello. Hello, and thank you for calling me wonderful. Only because I mean it. And, as always, our ever-loving writer and creator, Mr. Jeffrey Bridges. Say hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing swimmingly. How was everyone tonight? Uh, wonderful. <laughs> Why, yes, you are. <laughs> now, I was thinking about putting applause here right before um, uh, Archie's first line, but I was wondering if it would be a little bit too much, so I opted out for that. Just uh, kind of like a bit of an audience applause almost about the battalion getting back together. Nixed it. Yeah, you could have gone for the massive crowd. I could have, but, you know, that would have involved maybe, you know, every once in a while I think of putting in, like, a listening audience into the episode. (laughs) Like a laugh track? Yeah. Like, during the, there was one episode where I thought about putting it in the commercial. Almost as if they were doing the commercial live for once. You know, like, along with the commentary track, we could also have the laugh track that you can download, and then it's an option. Hmm. Audience interaction. Only right here on Dixie Stenberg. Pass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. It's an interesting thought. Oh, yes, we have some lovely kitcheny noises going on in the background. I think there's a food processor, as if they had food processors in 1946. I don't remember. I wasn't there at the time. Umket food processor? Yes, an Umket food processor. <laughs> Made from lovely ex robot parts. He's got information, top secret stuff. Truman authorized the reactivation himself. And, of course, the big-ass freezer door they've got there. Because every restaurant has to have a big-ass freezer door. Yeah, you know, this episode was weird because, like, I mean, this whole bit of, like, the early bits of this season were really strange writing because, you know, you have the battalion every season, you know, since it's formed going on, and then I have to take them apart and then put them all back together again in the span of, like, what, you know, four or five episodes. So that was really strange to to make all of that work because, you know, the big time jumps in between, so. Yeah, I was wondering um, how you, you went about that to make it all work like that. It was very well done in the in the in the actual episode. It worked out very well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought it came out all right. Which a certain southern gentleman had taken to calling home. Nice little bit of uh, stereo background there in the street parking. Come in, come in. Please have a seat. Oh yeah, this was I believe this is where I turned the music into the uh, uh, morph the music from the background to the radio that he has on there. Mm. Yes, Courtney's captain of radio. Thank you for bringing that back. Just a moment, my dear. I try to work those commercial products in eventually, mm-hmm. if I can, here and there. Can't work all of them in, you know, like that. 
some of them would be a little more out of place, but mm. that was one of the easier ones. Holy mackerel, I see where Essie gets it from. So we Pearsons have a long tradition of knowing our way around food. The kitchen is our kingdom. I like, yeah, speaking of kingdom, I, I love yes. how he got three hotel rooms and had them knock the walls out. <laughs> well, you know, I figured if he was, you know, basically living there, it wasn't really a lot of space, you know, he's loaded, so... Mm-hmm. But that's just, it's just so him. And in a hotel, no less. <laughs> no, I imagine not. Yeah, I went a bit light on the uh, the background sound effects here. I was thinking about putting in some more, but uh, once again decided to let the actors go before the effects. I know it's not something you should do every day, but sometimes we must make that choice. Well, what's going to be making noise in a hotel room? In, in, in the 1940s. The radiator? Well, it could be the radiator. It could be, like, you know, little uh, flickering lights. Maybe the, the 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 neon sign outside. There you go. Shady palms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Little city noises. But no. I was lazy. Huh. <laughs> You know, I think this is one of the very few conversations I've heard with, with Dixie and Corny where he isn't, like, trying his guts out to uh, uh, proposition her, as it were. <laughs> it's a very strange conversation there. <laughs> well, you know, they were discussing the seriousness of the battalion and grandsons. There's not a lot of room to fit flirtation in there. So. And how? But, but of course, there had to be Nazis. There always have to well, be Nazis in your conversation. And she is kind of married now. <laughs> that wouldn't stop someone like Cornelius. He's a very progressive person. He's a gentleman, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsor. Meanwhile, a gluten. Where did a glutenate a glutenative? Now there was a word I had trouble wrapping my tongue around. <laughs> oh, come on, I think I've made you say way harder things than that before. Well, yeah, but this one was a glutenate, a glutenative. A glutenative, yeah. Yeah, I can't say it without it's spitting sticky, everywhere. see? The amazing Noel, famed mentalist and futuristic producer extraordinaire, one and the same. Why does that exchange always make me laugh? Because it's funny. Every time I hear it. Like that one line in Clerks that always makes me laugh how many times I hear it. For some reason, hearing the amazing Noel, you know, every time it just makes me laugh. I don't know why. That's because we do our job that well. good of a line. Yeah. We read very, very well. 
dear listener, <laughs> is genuine Umpet bovine bonding agent. Once more with the bovines. Can't get enough of the bovines there. No, I can't get enough of those genuine Umpet bovines. I had to work them in some more. <laughs> Who would have thought they could be used for uh, some stuff other than meat? Or meat-type. Oh, right, yeah, and here, see, I got to throw in some more references. The, the Kranet and Unki and, uh, uh, you know, Cream of Sausage Soup. Haven't heard from them in a while. So. Yes, it was almost like a remembrance party. It was cool. Surely you can tell us more about this genuine bovine bonding agent. He must, but otherwise he'd be just... Does it contain lard? That's right. It'd be almost criminal not to. The amazing Noel is no criminal. Well, not in 45... But not having him in an episode is... Remember this. <laughs> no one can resist the charm of a lovely home. Or the For the record, I still miss the Dean. <laughs> you will see him again. Just relax. That's okay. The Dean misses you too. I haven't said too. anything about the Dean in several episodes, Daniel. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. So what is it about the Dean that you particularly enjoy? Is it his rushing in with the footsteps? Is it his the way he knocks on the door? Could it be his voice? His voice and his dramatic pause. You can fix your home the way Uncle Umket does and become the very picture of perfection and the envy of your neighbors. Unless you don't have any neighbors, unless you killed your neighbors, in which case you're and just that's, fine. That's not to say that, even though I miss the Dean, I very much enjoy Bill. I love, and of course, the sound effects go without saying, because I've said them all before. Why, thank you, sir. I thank you. A gluey powder. A gluey powder. Yeah. Just lick and press. Ooh. And I thought Elmer's was gold. Now I'll have to switch. Actually, this was was based on a, a commercial for actual uh, glue, and the um, the bit about the uh, the table leg and the clock yeah. was actually in the commercial, and I thought that was so completely oh my ridiculous. <laughs> so of course, you know, it had to make it in there. Yay! Quick and effective. Yeah, say genuine Umket bovine bonding agent five times fast. I keep thinking somewhere there's like this Umket factory where they, or this this Umket acreage where they have just you know a plethora of of Umket <laughs> bovines and um, other assorted animals, shall we say, just just for specific Umket products. 
They don't go through a middleman. They they harvest their own. They grow their own. And I think it's somewhere on Route 5. I'm sorry? <laughs> wow, that's some strong stuff that works on car tires. Dude. Well, you know, once they mentioned clocks and table legs, knees and tires just seemed like, you know, the next logical place to go. Oh, and ugh, look at that. I like to bring that back every once in a while. Very well done, sir. Anytime there's a call for a gross-out noise, it has to be the uh, easy umket approach noise. Oh, yeah. Two great tastes that go great together. Ew. I love these these gluey noises, by the way. Ew. <laughs> yeah. And as you can hear, Miss Fortune even thinks the taste is most savory. Most that poor savory. woman. She must really like the She gets extra paychecks, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. She gets hazard <laughs> pay. Miss Fortune should definitely have Umket hazard pay. Umket Bonafide Hazard Pay. Meat Type Hazard Pay? I had to do it, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we now return our program and catch up back. with Dixie as she hitches a ride north into the wet cave. Meanwhile, yes, back at the that's right. cave. Listen to the wonderfulness that is Toronto. It's a street. You were coming. Come in, come in. The door sound that I recognize in almost every television show I watch. I can't watch anything now without recognizing most of the sound effects that they use. The director's lament. Yeah. But it's nice to see the LaRue sisters back. I tried to give a little bit of distance way, between them, so it sounded like they weren't just all there in the in the front room. <coughs> right. Well, I hope like in the all of the uh, walla that they provided for this will make it into a, a blooper reel because listening to trying to pick out some of that in the background was cracking me up. I don't know, those ladies. <laughs> oh yeah, there will be pieces that will be, um, shall we say, um, um, put in liberally throughout the blooper reel. <laughs> Excellent. And hopefully some of M's mm, 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 noises. <laughs> Among other things. <laughs> Maybe some of those German lines. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the the knocking over of the bed is the same sound I used if, if people remember the Kingery. Uh, hopefully people remember the Kingery. Um, one of the first uh, season episodes where, like, um, a box got knocked over and they found, like, textbooks in it. Like medical textbooks. Tithia was trying to get Maddie off, mm -hmm. her, off, her, tra off her trail. And so, like, right. they opened up this big box in the cargo area. And that's the same noise that I used for their bed knocking over. A little bit of trivia there for you. Well, I got a little trivia for you, too, here. That line, uh, uh, Freudenberg has, the, the where are my pants. That's yes. directly out of, uh, James Bond to the end. I always really liked that line in, in, in that show, so I, you know, was excited to reuse it. It's a good line to reuse. Good for every occasion. Even battle. <laughs> where are my pants? <laughs> I'd like to hear one of the robots say that. 
<laughs> or Cardi. Where are my pants? <laughs> there we go. Or have everyone say it, like a, you know, plate of sardines type of thing. You could have told us what this is about on the No, 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 this is an in-person kind of talk, and it was on my way. Your way. And I believe she's still standing out in the hallway. She hasn't actually come into the room. Yes, well, you know, they're sort of... I think. ...disrobed, and, you know, the bed's on the floor, and... Just kind of, you You want to go in that room? I don't know, I don't know if you do. Especially with the bed probably, you know, taking up a lot of the floor space now that it's not being used as a yeah. bed. Yeah. Mm. We were going to Oops. family. Yeah, tonight, from what I heard. But that's not fair. <laughs> you and Thomas have started a family. And Joseph and Esmeralda, <sighs> their boys are corn. What is this, a game of one-upsmanship? They started a family, so... I need you. <laughs> yeah. You're the fastest <sighs> I've ever seen, and Freudenberg... If I'm going back into combat, there ain't anyone else I want responsible for keeping my plane skyworthy. That was so beautiful. She praised Freudenberg. <laughs> Freudenberg and Lily took a moment, sparing a glance at each other. And Lily. And they seemed to reach the same. And Lily. I guess we can wait to start a family. But not for too long. Of course not. If all goes according to plan, the two of This long, no longer. And their mattresses in no time. And if they're up for it, bring your cousins along for the ride. Ah, famous last words. Almost as an afterthought. Almost as an afterthought. And bring your sisters if they want. Dixie checked all through the Leningrad military district as thoroughly as any American... This part, man, I had to do so much research to find out what, uh, you know, Leningrad was like after the war. It was really difficult to find information on that. There wasn't a lot out there, so... Uh, but there was an actual military district, and, um, you know, uh, the street that he lives on is mm-hmm. an actual street that's there, and it oh, is nice. actually where I said it was. Oh, cool. So, uh, yeah, it's an actual place, but it's um, it was really tough trying to figure all that out. Yeah, and I doubt it sounds like it does here. I just, you know, I, I didn't do any research on actual Russian sounds, for lack of a better term. I, I think just, cities yeah, in there probably a little sound bit about of, the same as they do anywhere. Yeah. So I just I just wanted to make it sound uh, the building at least to sound run down. You always have you know like a crying baby in the background. Yeah. Um, once yeah. they get into the building and and a little bit you could probably you can hear like I put a, a garbage trash collection uh, vehicle on the on the outside. That's the beeping you hear. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's the beeping I hear, I hear when the trash collectors come this way. Finally, however. Oh, and that uh, that 16 years bit was just a, you know, slight reference to uh, Cuba, mm-hmm. you know, that whole mess that comes up, which is actually, you know, 16 years after where they are now, so it's just, just me being like, yay, history, you know. Um, yay. That was nice. Dixie arrived at her destination. It was hard finding rat noises that I could use because they all sounded really low volume. I had to trick the volume up something like 300% just to be able to get them to the volume level that they had here. I know you're in there, Benny. Yeah, there it is, the Bolshoi Prospect. Yeah. Right, we just passed it up by the, the Maritime Passenger Terminal, which is actually something that's there in Leningrad. I, I couldn't tell you exactly what it is. <laughs> I think, you know, it's where boats might launch from. Is it, is it there still? Let's go see. <laughs> I think it is. 
gay history. But yeah, I had I had I had found maps of uh, you know Leningrad from uh, you know like the late 40s and stuff. So I was using those to try to figure stuff out, and right. it was fun. But it's kind of annoying when you're writing through a, an episode and you're like, oh crap, I don't know any of this information I need to write about, and you have to stop for an hour and go do research. That kind of interrupts the flow. <sighs> That's so annoying. Um, Perry was telling me, and I forget all of the information he was telling me, so I apologize, Perry. Um, you'll hopefully be able to give more information in an email later, please. Um, but he was telling me he had, um, it was either he or his girlfriend had found a poem in Russia about either lost love or unrequited love or something like that, and that's what he was saying when he was mumbling drunkenly. It's actually a Russian poem, like a famous Very Russian nice. poem. About that. Very appropriate, cool. I thought. Well done, Perry. Yeah. The lengths that Perry goes to to get into character. Oh, excellent job, Perry. And yes, maybe some of that will appear in, some more of that will appear in the blooper outtakes room. What is bias? I think your brain tells you it's better because you didn't make it yourself, which means... Uh, water is a good thing. So is Gatorade. Mmm. Jim, what do you think? I love this Gatorade. <laughs> Good stuff, isn't it? Oh. Immortalized in the commentary, awesome. commentary track forever. Umket Gatorade. And where's my five bucks for saying that? Yep. Is that what all this is about? What do you mean? I went looking for you in the military district. Nobody would tell me what happened to you or where you were. I thought you were a military... This is another one of those scenes where I was looking at and looking at different types of music and thinking about it, and nothing really seemed to fit, just their voices. Mm -hmm. um, and so after a while, I was just like, okay, obviously, it's trying to tell me music isn't needed. But sometimes it's a it's a it's a fight, you know, a scene that that it's almost on the cusp of well maybe this will fit and uh, no. Well, I think sometimes the lack of music uh, adds just as much character to a scene as having music in it. I agree, absolutely. I think you've also got a, a harder job than most other directors because you can't... I mean, obviously it's an original show, so we have to have, you know, uh, original music or right. stuff that's, you know, uh, public domain. Right. But, but you also have to have stuff that sounds period appropriate, which makes it a lot harder than it does for the other shows, I think. So it's, it's got to be really tough to, to ever get music into this show. Oh, yeah. And I know I've reused some stuff probably uh, ad nauseum and not just the, uh, the Hippodrome march. Um... But sometimes it is kind of, it, it, it's, it can be uh, tough to figure out in certain places. Usually they're, they're able to just fall into place. I've been very, very lucky most times. But this one was like I went, I went back and forth with it for a while. But I think, I think I did it service by not putting in any. I would agree. I think. <laughs> I 
Have I ever lied to you before? It is true? It's true. To fly again. And that's your directing moment from Seth, I'm sure. Next time on Directing Moments. Thank you, Miss Dixie. You are the best no, friend anyway. <laughs> I'm going back to my trailer. Oh hell! And what's that? Dixie helps Ben. Time to get a new main actor. But before we see how Dixie's homecoming goes, dear listeners, I must apologize as we oh, yes, this was check in with those ne'er do wells at This was one of those scenes where it's almost divided into two or three scenes. What is it, our special guest? Yeah, there's a couple of different scenes here ending out the episode. Mm-hmm. It's still really weird to hear Catherine Pride without the uh the, the lower voice or the echo. You've forgotten Renny already, have you? Well, no, i just gotten used to Geist. <laughs> she had power then. Oh, I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Ouch. Oh, Ooh, that's a sorry, Renny. Go Geist on me, please. Geist me. No? Okay. Denied. Anyway. Yeah, that was a pretty big reveal back there. Although I guess not as much, because you've seen the beast in the rocket ships. You could probably presume, but you know. Yeah. More information is coming. Oh, yeah. Like how I put that door in the middle of the snow storm? That was, that was cool. They have a base of some kind. Sort of. I keep thinking sure of, like, doors. yeah, almost like the Hoth base, but not really. Smaller, probably. <laughs> Nev's a... Double-crossing, double-crossing, double-crosser. <laughs> yeah. She's like a quadruple agent, you know, back and forth. I lost count, double, uh, uh, non-count well, agent. She's yeah. the mystery woman. And she sounds it, too. She does that very soft, menacing voice very creepily well. M, you need to be in, in thrillers. <laughs> Watch out, Chris Britton. M's coming for you. <laughs> I've added a bit more reverb to this new and improved AeroQuest Dynamics. Hopefully it'll sound like more like they're in a bigger hangar. Ooh, I fancy. Suppose. Yes, fancy. This, yeah, fancy. this bit here was supposed to sort of um, echo that scene from way back. It must have been like episode four, I think, where they first put the battalion together. Yeah. And I was just trying to sort of tie this back to that with the, the roll call and stuff and the unveiling of the planes and everything. So. Yeah, that's what the way it felt to me. Why is the hangar hidden behind that big curtain? Except this time, you know, uh, Thomas wasn't asleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. People change, they grow. Speaking of change and grow, there was the now masculine robot. Yes, 153. 153, that's right. So I decided to put the applause there. <laughs> well done, sir. 
Had to have the triumphant music for that, too. production has starred Renee Christine Jones as Daisy Stenberg. I'm so excited to see where we go from here. Mark Zaracor as Frank McGuff. We'll go where we haven't been, because we haven't been there until we go. Is that like where no battalion has gone before? You go, all right. Right out of the sky when you are shot down by the likes of Reginald Billingsley. Reginald P. Billingsley. Get it. Pull it. Forgotten that Dixie said your face and her fist have a hot date when next the twain shall meet. I'm afraid. <laughs> he said twain. Pete Mylan as Freidenberg. Oh no, you sure seen the Freud last episode. It was uh, all an act. Yes, yes, an act to lure you into a false sense of security. Scott Vinicombe as Cornelius. I saw his mustache twirling. I swear. As well as you fly, son. <laughs> Anthony Piscelli through the air after the fist lands in your face. Yeah. Well done, Potts. Thank you, son. My worst offense was giving the two of you something to unite over. Nah, that ain't. I thought I'd put a big, uh, little hand slap there with uh, Scalzetti and uh, Corny congratulating themselves. But um, that would have interrupted Jim's wonderful work. Don't want to do that. Muster enough energy to hate anything, you English brat. Just try. <laughs> Find out. Perry Whittle as Benedict Edochenko. The Cryos. Am I supposed to be afraid of a lush lost in his own depression? Yes. Listen, everybody. <laughs> Perhaps you realize a good treatment for depression is punching things. <laughs> Perhaps you will choose your words more wisely. Alicia Lane Matheson as Lily LaRue. I don't think Bill has any idea... In Soviet Russia, the words choose you! So, shall I recite the definition for you? He clearly also doesn't know the meaning of rhetorical. I do so! <laughs> now you just... And reading between the lines is right out. There's nothing between the lines. I'm looking at the script right now, and there's... Oh, Bill. <laughs> ...and my line and nothing else. Oh. <sighs> this is some invisible ink trick, is that it? You're hopeless, Bill. Tracy Hall is... Hopelessly Bill. hopeless. We love him for it. Would that help? Melissa Hearn as Rose LaRue. I put Yay! Megan Presley as Buttercup LaRue. Oh, this person no, no, no. is so uncivilized. Ladies. We are better than that. Melissa Johnson as Daisy LaRue. You know what I always thought was better than punch? Lemonade. <laughs> Marley Norton <laughs> as <Iris laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> if you say so. But I think bills go away faster if you just pay them. Someone wants to pay me? Ah. Uh. Alicia Marie Bell as <laughs> Mr. Pay pay me? I tell you. Yeah, that was a great right jump in. Catherine Pride as Brenny. Wait, she was in the credits before. Justin Dobby as Volker. Yeah, it wasn't a welcome to the credits like for the first time. It was just a yeah. sort of, you know... More of a metaphor. Yeah, welcome to the nuthouse. You know, yeah. Did she spike that line? I wonder. Oh, I'm with you, darling. All you lunatics can just sort off. We have evil to plan. <laughs> uh oh, here comes the cackling. 
And, yeah, the running gag of Volker just can't do it. For a while I there, I so thought he was many wa- uh, 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 I had to go through to pick this for. <laughs> oh, really? Send them to me. Please, send them to me. <laughs> Wait, I have them. Never mind. Bill Young as the amazing Noel. It's true. She does like singing. M. Sierra Garcia as Miss Fortune Divine. Yeah, I kind of got a little wonder if I should do the uh, M. Sierra Garcia, you know, the reference to one person with two roles. You would get old if you did it too often. Since she's routinely in twice now when, with Nevin. Yeah. Although I'm not sure that would count in since her teeth were glued together. <laughs> At least he knows how to sing. The robot knows how to sing! Perhaps he'll learn how to cook, too. And can, he make, can he make a good umket breakfast, please? A little meat type bacon. Ew. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. The bacon has to be real. Not meat type. None of that. Real bacon. Everything else can be fake, but the bacon? There are some things we never should change. I love Amanda's complete revulsion in those nebula lines. Oof! <laughs> nice that hard was nicely there. done too, sound effects wise. This is Seth <laughs> Stay tuned next time as the home. It's Looney Tunes. At Can't beat him. You've been listening to a pendant. Well, you could, but why? Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater. I I tend to go back to the Looney Tunes well often on this show, actually. And remember, they come in quite handy, do they not? They do. I just need to throw a Wilhelm in there somewhere. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We will. Huh. Or an Arnold Wilhelm. And even teeth. <laughs> it's the <Arnold laughs> way of... <laughs> that was a really nice one. And good night. And then there's... What I put there at the end? Oh, yes. Pete, thank you for this. <laughs> I'm not entirely yeah, sure if this is something. where you wanted it to be, but um, this is where it is. This production was written by Jeffrey Bridges and directed by Seth Adam Scherr, <laughs> assistant director. Jim ah, good times. Which once again, you know, I thought about putting, you know, giving it a little bit of echo, making it sound like he was, you know, singing it with an audience in the background, but nah, nah, nah. This is better. And a little bit afterward. <laughs> and actually, in the, the, the line that he sent me right after that is where he starts in with the ooh, 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 that you hear when he knocks the, he and Lily knock the bed over. <laughs> All right. Just so you know. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. It has been yes, fabulous. And we will see you or hear you again next month for episode four zero. 
only eleven gloves. See you all. Have a good evening, gentlemen. Peace. Peace. Bye-bye. Good night. <laughs>